0: Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus, I'm your host, Gary Moore. Last week, we began to discuss some of the differences between men and women that were not communication differences. I was talking about how doctors Les and Leslie Parrott experienced basic differences between men and women when they first got married, when our time ran out. We'll start with Leslie's perspective. During our fourth or fifth month of marriage, I remember wondering why Les wasn't as romantic as he used to be. Before we got married, he planned exciting evenings, kissed me at red lights, saved ticket stubs from our dates, bought me flowers, and even wrote tender love poems. But after we got married, his romantic side waned. It wasn't that he stopped his romantic ways altogether, but something was distinctively different. Why, I wondered to myself, was I doing something wrong? Was he having doubts about our marriage? Well, not until I discovered the fundamental differences between men and women could I accurately answer these questions. Less, like the majority of men, is pragmatic. He focuses upon a future goal and needs to believe in the practical value of that goal. He justifies a present activity by what it will accomplish in the future. He asks, what good can this produce? He likes words like progress and useful he can be very patient doing romantic little things as long as they ultimately prove productive. I, on the other hand, am like the majority of women. I focus on feelings and activities of the present for their own sake. I don't need a goal. It is enough to simply enjoy the moment. I ask, what is going on and how can I know and feel it? I don't need to be productive or see the utility of something. In fact, achievement seems deadly cold and distracting. I like words like connected and relational. I can be very patient doing romantic little things simply because the doing has its own value. Let's look at Les' perspective, which of course is different. Before our wedding, Leslie was happy-go-lucky and eager to please. She felt good about our relationship and optimistic about the future. But soon after we married, Leslie began to change, or so it seemed to me. She became overly concerned about our relationship and talked about ways to improve it. If I didn't join in, she'd feel hurt and rejected. Why has she so suddenly become emotional, I remember thinking? Why does she cry so easily now? Before we got married, she never seemed so impractical. Now at times, she seemed irrational to me. How could flowers be so important when we can hardly make ends meet, I'd wonder? Her desire to talk about our relationship made me feel like I was a failure as a husband. Doesn't she appreciate all I do for her, I'd think? I, like most men, didn't feel the need to have lengthy discussions about our relationship. I was content to know that Leslie loved me, I loved her, and that we were on our way to a happy life together. What's to discuss? Getting all worked up over this or that detail was a waste of energy from my perspective, Well, before we move on with Les and Leslie's story of discovery, let me interject something. Men and women think about our marriage relationship differently. Ladies, we men look at our marriage relationship the way most of you look at cars. We don't want to work on it. We just want it to work. Therefore, when you bring up working on our relationship, this brings up big red flags to us. Now, back to Les and Leslie's story. Leslie goes on to say, Recognizing how fundamentally different men and women are allowed me to see that Les courted me to get married. It's that simple. Once we were married, his purpose of courtship was accomplished, and he was ready to move on to other productive activities. It turned out that his sweet nothings were not nothings after all but whisperings calculated to persuade me to the altar. It sounds deceptive, but really it's not. In fact, Les presumed that I was just like him and that we would both continue romancing each other only so long as it had practical consequence. After that, he expected us to move on to the real business of living. Les continued, I eventually realized that neither of us really changed after marriage, but our circumstances did. The goal that made me especially romantic was met, and the romance for romance's sake that Leslie valued was no longer a shared priority in the relationship. Because my energies were shifting to more practical matters of building a stable home with a secure future, It was hard for me to realize that Leslie did not see it exactly like me. She wanted to court and kiss for kissing's sake. And once married, she expected the same style of romance to continue forever. The parents say our differences are not unique. They are universal. Men are motivated by achievement, women by relationships. So, when gender differences emerge in your marriage, don't judge your spouse as evil. But this may be what you do if you don't have mutual understanding. He or she did not deceive you. It simply took marriage to reveal your differences. The differences you bring as a woman and man are good and can be celebrated. As one body must have both a calculating head and a feeling heart, So one marriage is blessed with both gifts. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. So how do you celebrate male-female differences? By meeting the unique needs that are part of your spouse's gender. Typically, men try to meet the needs that men value, and women try to meet the needs that women value. The trouble is, your husband's needs are not the same as your needs, and you cannot meet his needs by doing what you would do for another woman. In the same way, a wife's needs are different from her husband's, and he cannot meet her needs by doing what comes naturally to a man. In essence, both husbands and wives must stretch beyond themselves, taking into consideration what their spouses need, then providing it. Columnist David Barry put it this way, What women want? To be loved, to be listened to, to be desired, to be respected, to be needed, to be trusted, and sometimes just to be held. What men want? Tickets for the World Series. Let's look at a few specific needs that the parrots say we may not realize our partner has. Meeting these needs for your partner will begin to bridge the gender gap in your marriage and reap countless rewards. Various authors list different needs in different orders of importance. You don't want to guess what your spouse's emotional needs are. You need to know. And one of the tools I like to use is an emotional needs questionnaire developed by William F. Harley, Jr., if you would like a copy of this questionnaire, go to my website, mutualunderstanding.net, and on the home page is a PDF titled Emotional Needs Questionnaire. You can download it directly without leaving your email address. Now back to the parrots. According to them, a wife's most basic needs in marriage are one, to be cherished, two, to be known and three to be respected. Let's look at each of these. Without meaning to, a husband can completely miss one of his wife's most important needs, to be cherished. This need is too often overlooked by husbands because we don't feel the need as deeply as our wives do. In Ephesians 5.33, Paul tells us, Husbands, love your wives. Women have a need for love at a level that we can't identify with or understand. Just because they have a need at a deeper level than we do does not discount its validity. They are different than we are. And if we don't understand this, if we don't have mutual understanding in this area, our relationship is in trouble. Your wife needs to be cherished. She needs to know that she is number one in your life. If it came down to an evening with your buddies or a night out with your wife, she needs to know that you would choose her. Not because you have to, but because you want to. What can you do to cherish your wife? Well, consider how often you say, I love you. Some men don't feel the need to say it with words, but every wife has an insatiable need to hear it. Your wife also needs evidence that you are thinking about her during your day. A small gift, a text, or a quick phone call to say, you are on my mind, can mean the world to her. As a man, you probably have no idea of the effect you can have on your wife by being gentle and tender, making her feel cared for. Does cherishing your wife mean sacrificing golf games? success at work, or nights out with the boys? Well, believe it or not, the answer, according to the parrots, is no. When your wife is satisfied in knowing that she takes first place in your life, when she knows she is the most important thing in the world to you, she will encourage you to do the other things you enjoy. It is part of the mystery of marriage. When a woman is truly... Genuinely cherished, she feels free to encourage her husband's independence. Women need to feel and know that they are chosen. To love and to cherish is more than a phrase from your wedding vows. It is one of the most important needs your wife will ever have, and meeting this need is a big part of the building of a partnership that brings you both pleasure. Now let's move on to number two. She needs to be known. Les recounts the following incident from their marriage. Well, our time is gone for today. We'll continue this next week. Let me encourage you again to find yourself in one of the many Bible-believing churches in the Treasure Valley this Sunday. Have a great and safe weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at Cloverdalechurch.org. To you know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.